Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. We're beginning a new series entitled A Miracle for You. My intention with this series is in the title. I simply want to build an atmosphere in the mind and heart of every person that listens to these particular messages to open up to the supernatural divine realm of the awesome living God we serve for some miracles that might need to come into your life right now. For some of you, it might mean I'm not in need of a great miracle right now, but I know someone else that is. It could mean that You have to transform your spirit to actually see the needs around you, to think they need a miracle. God wants to touch their life. There's something going on here, and I'm going to start believing for them. Now, I do know there's a number of you on all the campuses and all the services all weekend long that need a miracle, need something to happen in your life. By the way, I need a miracle. I'm not going to tell you all the miracles I need, but I could use five very specific, bona fide, absolute miracle breakthroughs in my realm of living right now, at least five. So I'm sure that if you stop and think about it, there's a few supernatural things you need to happen to break through, to invade and move into your life. My definition for this Miracle for You series is summed up in these few words. God desires to do a unique and extraordinary work in and around your life by His supernatural power. Now, when I speak about miracles, the unique and extraordinary work, I'm not just talking about miracles of healing in your body, although we will touch on healing and other aspects of miracles, but I'm trying to open it up so that you understand miracles are a supernatural work of God in any area of your life, any area of your world, as God would invade that area and begin to do something significant and mighty in your life. God desires to do a unique and extraordinary work in and around your life by His supernatural power. I believe that people are very open for miracles in today's world. If you Google the word miracle, which, you know, I like to kind of Google things just to be fascinated by it. I had to question it, actually have my staff help me a little bit to question this because I couldn't believe it when the numbers came up. Seventy million articles have the word miracle in it. Seventy million? So I said, that can't be true. That, that's beyond my imagination my wildest dreams about the word miracle. But sure enough, it was 70 million articles, books, blogs, whatever, that brings up this word miracle. There are dozens and dozens of magazines, secular, Christian, and whatever, that deal with the concept of miracle. From Good Housekeeping to U.S. News World Report, writing articles about miracles. Not against miracles. Very few of the articles that I found were actually against miracles. Most of them were very open about miracles, and most of them were 
kind of bringing up the fact that it's almost a trend in our culture for people to be open to some kind of a supernatural work or what they would define, and I'm going to call a God miracle, a specific kind of miracle, because those who use the word miracle use it so loosely and so broadly you can hardly nail the word down. There's miracle diets, which we don't try. But they advertise, eat the pill for this diet, sleep, and while you're sleeping, the weight disappears. And they sell bottles of these. And if you believe that, I have some blue sky for sale. I mean, it's a ridiculous idea. But people are looking for a miracle what? A miracle diet? A miracle this? A miracle that? Miracle rug cleaning products? There's all kinds of things we talk about when we use the word miracle. Somebody makes some kind of a, uh, wins a game with a last three-second pass to the touchdown, and the announcer will say, it's a miracle. Well, it's not really. But it is surprising. So what do you mean? When you talk about miracles, what actually is in your mindset when you use the word miracle or when you pray? When you pray, oh God, bring a miracle in my life. What do you mean? Usually, I think most of us talk about healing or something that would be in that category when we talk about miracles. But I want to bring a little broader biblical concept about miracles. People are open for miracles today. Why? People seem to be more open to the possibility of the supernatural, both from the Bible supernatural concept to the non-Bible. The possibility of the supernatural than ever before in history. People are starving for something real beyond what our nation has now been so discipled into, materialism and secularism or humanism, or man the center, or things the center, or possessions the center. Build your life on this and you'll be happy. Only to find out you can't build your life on those things and you're not happy and you have a hole in your soul and you can't fill it and you don't quite know what to do. And so you have a lot of the upper middle class and wealthy people that get involved in all kinds of new age stuff. It's not surprising. People say, why do you find so many of the Hollywood type people and the sports people and all these people? It's not really a rocket science thing to figure out. They have everything this life can give them and they start reaching out for something else. You can only buy so many things. After a while, you, you start, can't fill it with houses and cars. If you have 100 cars, 100 homes, and 100 million in the bank, pretty soon that's just no big deal the next morning. Although I would like to be tested with that for one week. <laughs> then I could get rid of it. But after your soul eats all of that straw, you're not full. So you start pressing into something invisible. And because the church, and this is again is my my theory, but I I believe some of this could be very true, because the church is so unsupernatural in its presentation of itself, and so unmiracle about our services, and so unexpecting about the invisible realm, 
And so into what we do with our program and our building and whatever we can see, and we kind of do church, and we can kind of get so into doing church that we absolutely forget that we're supposed to be representing an awesome, living, unbelievable, miracle-working God that can do the impossible. And so we don't even talk about that realm. And so when the unbeliever or the people that are thirsty for something more come in and they get programized, our church eyes instead of God eyes, they go back out to the world looking again. I vote that the church keeps an open heavens for the miracles of God to invade our lives. So that God is that part that we expect. People are more open for miracles because they need a reassurance that God's alive in control. A lot of fear today. A lot of things around people's lives. Who's in control? What's going to happen? Is there a God in heaven, really? People have multiple personal challenges and desire help from a supernatural loving God. We have multiple challenges. Uh, I'm going to bring some of those up this morning in this particular message. But as we go through, there are people that are facing all kinds of multiple challenges from their own marriage to the friends to finance to health to and then deeper than that the emotion the soul sickness and multiple challenges that we carry with us sometimes never expecting anything to happen with the challenge acts 19:11 i want you to take this as a prayer scripture for you acts 19:11 and God did extraordinary. I want you to notice the translations I'm using. There's four of them. NIV, King James, New Living, and Message. But I want you to notice the one word they use to describe the miracles in each of them. NIV says, God did extraordinary miracles. King James simply says they were special. Very special. New Living says they were unusual. And the message translation says they were quite out of the ordinary. Now, I don't know how you could say a miracle is quite out of the ordinary. Is there such a thing as an ordinary miracle? Is there such a thing as a usual miracle? Well, this is an unusual miracle. I wouldn't mind just seeing some usual miracles. Ordinary miracles would be all right with me along with the extraordinary. But here, they were witnessing something that happened that they had never even imagined could happen, and they were trying to describe it as extraordinary, different, special, unusual miracles. I have a question for you, and I want you to answer it in your own heart. Do you have a need for a miracle? Most of us would probably say yes. How many of you would say, in some realm of my life, I need a supernatural intervention. All right, so, so we're together on that. How many of you would say, in some realm of my family and extended family, I need a supernatural intervention? The hope that that is possible is where you get close to the edge of disappointment. Because you don't want to hope. A funny thing happens to me when I study, like I'm doing for this series, a lot of the study begins with me reading large portions of Scripture. 
I just doused my spirit first with some Bible to try to get my spirit open to something that the Holy Spirit might want to do during this series. And I find a funny thing happens to me. As I read the Gospels, I'm reading in stereo. I'm up to the Gospel of Mark now again. And so I read almost the whole Gospel again this morning, just the Gospel of Mark. Just going through, writing, underlining, and marking my Bible up so that I would read with the words that become quickened to me right now. And I find myself saying, why don't I see this? Where is that kind of a miracle ever going to happen? Why don't I even expect that to happen? How could it be so absolute in your face in Jesus' days and not even in our mind in my day? So as I read the Gospels, I have to start over again. That's what I've been doing. And I've simply been saying, Lord Jesus, could you be Jesus again today? How many hear what I'm saying? Could you just be Jesus again today and let these kind of miracles, not exactly those, but the invasion into people's lives, see things happen. Are you in need of a miracle? Maybe they look something like this. A miracle that breaks secret bondages in your life. Do you have an embarrassing secret bondage? Or maybe it's not embarrassing, but it's a bondage. An inner heart, soul, spirit, habit, emotional, whatever. How about a miracle that transforms your thinking and outlook in life? You just... You think wrong, you believe wrong, you have a depressive outlook on life or a critical or a cynical or when people disappoint you, that can happen. When God disappoints you, that can happen. I've had people already say to me, this is a hard series for me to listen to because it's already started. It's already been on the web. They already know what I'm doing. Why? Because they've been disappointed. Because now I have to bring them back to the edge again to say, oh, by the way, could you hope for a miracle again? No, I am not going there. I hoped before. I was disappointed. I shed my tears. I do not want to go there. When I don't want to face things, what do I do? I close them off and don't think about them. Don't get around people to talk about them. Because it's too much of a raw emotion. If you've been disappointed, something didn't happen the way you thought. I had a beautiful mother woman on the Mill Plain campus last weekend who came up to me. She starts sobbing. Maybe she's in the service this morning. Hope you don't mind me using this. But she's so broken, it, it so moved me because she was so broken. And so I didn't know why she was so broken. But we had prayed for her son a few weeks ago in a service. Son was a heroin addict who was recovering, going through counseling, had quit. We were praying that that would 
But in the midst of that, he made a decision to try one more time or just got tempted one more time, overdosed, and died. So she was sobbing about this. She says, I'm so disappointed because it was at this altar that I prayed for that boy that his life would be ruled by God and he would be saved. And now he's dead. Why didn't God hear our prayer at the altar? Now she's sharing that hurt. There are many other people that have many other hurts, disappointments, Fears even to move into faith are the realm of hope or the realm of believing or the realm of asking because you're afraid it just won't happen. And then you get all built up. Fear is one of the tools of our enemy. And disappointment is one of the ways he brings us to a place of fear. So that we will not even try to believe or try to hope or try to pray. By the way. Anybody in these services ever taste the bitter pill of disappointment? By the way, anybody in these services have a hard time moving to the edge of a miracle because you're just afraid it won't happen? And by the way, can we just slam dunk the devil and call him for who he is? A liar, a thief, and a cheat. And actually look each other in the eye and say, what in the world is wrong with me? Why wouldn't I hope for the best? And leave it with God. There have to be a healing of the mind, have to be a healing of your heart. Yes, but you can't give up hoping for yourself or hoping for people or believing for miracles or reaching for those things that God wants to do. That's what the devil wants to do is tie your hand behind your back, mess your thinking up, and make you kind of just trip your way through life. We're not going to do that. The devil's a liar. The devil's a thief. We're going to stand up and say, Lord Jesus, we know what happened, but we still believe that you are God. Now that's the attitude that opens the door to your soul. Do you have need of a miracle that heals your broken life? Maybe some of your shattered dreams. How about a broken family? How about a new beginning? Not just salvation, but maybe it's salvation prodigal. Maybe it's prodigal, but maybe it's a new beginning in some area of your life. How about a miracle for the person you love? Could be a spouse, could be a child, could be a very close friend, whatever. Someone you really love and you know they need a miracle. How about a miracle of new direction for your business, your job, your career? You're at a dead end. If something doesn't open up, you can't imagine living this way the rest of your life. How about a miracle for healing? To believe in God is to believe miracles are possible. To believe in God is to believe that miracles are possible. If you don't believe in God and have no faith in God, that statement means nothing. But if you are a believer and you know there is a real and living God, and that real and living God created heaven and earth, created man, and that real and living God has had divine providential interventions throughout history that have been mind-boggling and mind-jolting, then you have to come to the conclusion that you do believe miracles are possible. 
And that's the first step to believe. Would you turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Mark? And I want you to mark the Gospel of Mark with your own pen. Would you do that? I want you to read with me. Now we're just going to go under the Scripture for a little bit here. And I want you to mark a couple things that I'll mark. You don't have to if you don't want to mark in your Bible. But I'd like you to kind of just pace yourself with me. I want you to notice some things that happen here. Let's read them. First of all, I would like to uh, challenge you to go through the entire Gospel of Mark and circle the word immediately. That's an assignment for you. The word immediately. He's the only one who does it. Over and over again. Why? Ask yourself, why does Mark press this word so much? as you go through the Gospel of Mark. I want you to notice two things. I'm going to read, and you're going to follow with me, and I'd like you to mark when you get there. In your Bible, if you underline the Scriptures, I want you to notice there were times when people reached to him, and he responded. There were times when people did not reach to him, but he reached to them. And they received. Sometimes it's you pressing. And sometimes you don't even have the ability, capacity, energy to press. You don't even reach. Jesus reaches. Notice. Mark 1, verse 29. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John... Simon's wife, mother, lay sick with a fever. They told him about her at once. Verse 31. So he came. Now notice, she does nothing. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately, the fever left, and she served him. All grace, all God, all compassion, all his will. She's not even conscious. She's not in prayer. She doesn't lift her hand. She doesn't ask for the healing. Verse 32. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him... The sick did not bring themselves at this point. They brought, friends brought, family brought. The sick and those who were demon-possessed. A demon-possessed person doesn't make an appointment for deliverance. They don't call up and say, I want to see you at 9 o'clock because I have some demons. I want you to cast them out. Demon-possessed people do not usually do that. Somebody brought them. Everyone say, brought them. Somebody had faith for the sick. Somebody had faith for Peter's mother-in-law. Somebody had faith for the demon-possessed. And somebody drugged them right to the fountainhead of God's grace and said, Jesus, can you help this person? 
I want you to see this because I think we have a part to play in this redemptive story of bringing people to the fountainhead of God's grace and power. Even if they don't want to be there, don't know how to get there, don't even know what to pray, we can be the bringers of people to the cross and the throne of God and see miracles in their lives. It happened in the gospel. The whole city was gathered together. Verse 34, he healed many who were sick, various diseases. Cast out many demons. Notice verse 40. Now a leper came to him. Underlining, came to him. Imploring. Now here's a person who was seeking Jesus out and imploring or begging. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This person is serious about their healing. Kneeling down. Not only begging him, but the person falls, this leper, falls on his knees and says to him, Jesus, if if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. I have to ask myself, if the leper had not begged, if the leper had not knelt, if the leper had not cried out, If you are willing, I know you can if you're willing. Kind of sounds like some other stories that you have to ask yourself the question of the blind men never cried out, Jesus, son of David, stop. You heal the blind. And people are saying to them, shut up, shut up, leave them alone. That's in your Bible. Shut up, leave them alone. Don't yell at Jesus like that. Shut up. And it says in your Bible, the more they said shut up, the louder the blind people screamed. And with all the noise and the activity, those blind people could have been walked right by. But there was something in them that got Jesus' attention. He was moved with compassion. Now notice. Underline, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him. He was cleansed. Wow. Chapter 2 and verse Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive him, them, the people, not even near the door, so the house crammed full. And he preached the word to those in the house. Then, underline, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men, four very wonderful friends who had a view of God and a view of Jesus that's going to come out in this verse. And when they could not come near him, how many others could not come near him? The house was full, and I'm sure people were backed up in lines. It could be from here to the end of your auditorium or a hundred-yard football field. You don't know, but it sounds like the place was so packed out, you couldn't even get near the door. All they had to do was take their stretcher and turn around and simply say, 
We're sorry, John. I, I know you, you believe Jesus can heal you, but we can't even get close to him. Look at the crowd. He's a paralytic. He can't walk, but he can see, he can hear, he can think, he can feel. We can't get you close enough, Betty. Sorry, we're going we're gonna to carry you back to that pitiful place you've been laying your whole life. But something came over these four guys. And when they could, caught, could not come near him because of the crowd, they climbed on top of the roof. How do you climb on top of a roof carrying a stretcher? That had to be a little bit of work in itself. And it says, when they got onto the roof, they're talking, and they say, okay, we're up here, now what? One of them says, let's just tear the roof off. Well, we could be sued. I mean, the owner of the roof is not going to be very happy if we tear the roof off. Who knows what the conversation was, but it says in your Bible, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, which means there's a little bit of work and it was noisy, Jesus is teaching and stuff was falling down on him. And he's teaching, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. John, will you check into this? James, what's going on here? And blessed are the pure. Oh my God, they're letting him down. Jesus is teaching. And all of a sudden the roof opens and it says so when they had broken through they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying when Jesus saw their faith now I think if I was making a movie I'd have a kind of a smirky Jesus at this point I wouldn't have a real deep your faith has moved me, be healed. I think Jesus kind of said, cool. <laughs> hey, guys, check it out. Hey, your work's not in vain. I'm moved by that kind of faith right there. And he healed him. They didn't carry him out of the house. They only carried him into the house. He walked out. And immediately. Wow. Now we could go on and on and read, which I want you to do with me, through the gospel. Some people had to break through and some people had no energy to do nothing. God came to them anyway. Some of us have friends. We need to get onto that stretcher and carry them to a place where they can be prayed for ministered to, healed. They can't do it themselves. Your small group, your home, in the back of your business, in the kitchen, at the restaurant, at the health center, wherever, where you find a place where you can say, look it, I know you don't believe this, I know you don't want this, but I'm praying for God to touch your life, to heal you and do something in you. I'd like you to stand up. And I'd like everybody in this room, 217 in Mill Plain, all the rooms together, I'd like everyone just to shout the name Jesus. Jesus! One more. Jesus! One more. Jesus! 
If you are moved in a spirit of faith to break through to your miracle, it might be a healing, it might be an open door, it might be a salvation, it might be a brokenness healed, but you know that Jesus could actually break through to your life. As we do this, I want everyone to let a spirit of faith just begin to rise up in you. I want you just to stretch your hands out as if Jesus was walking right by. And you're like the leper and you're saying, if you're willing, you could do this. I know that you're a creator, you're God, you're omnipotent, you're able, there's nothing outside of you. That's your spirit. Or you're, you're like the four men breaking the roof down saying, God, if we can just get him into the presence of that healing power, something will happen. Well, here we are. We're standing in the presence of a real and living God. And my heart is aching this morning for people. People that need a breakthrough. People that need a healing emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. People that need a providential intervention of a living God in their home, in their marriage, in their friendships, in some baggage you're carrying, some bitterness, resentment, hatred, disappointment. How long are you going to carry it? Let it go. Father God, we reach out right to the throne of God this morning. Lord, we believe you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Lord, we believe you are willing. Lord, we believe you are compassionate. Lord, we believe that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we believe you are present. We believe you are interested in us. We believe you are a personal, living, wonderful, compassionate God. You're not some dead piece of rock. You're not some dead piece of tree. You're not some dead piece of philosophy. You are the living God. You are the personal God. You are the God who is here. We're not crying out as people that are beating themselves with some unreal idea. We're crying out to a real and living God. Lord, we do cry out for a breakthrough in our lives and in our world. Lord, let miracles begin to happen right now in the soul of people, in the spirit, in the life, in the habits, in the body. Breakthrough. 